This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Emily Leadham. And we've uh, had a great Advent-themed show uh, so far this morning. Uh, we're visiting before the break with Father Steve Jones about the three comings of Christ, how Jesus, uh, we're celebrating his birth 2,000 years ago, anticipating his second coming at the end of time, but also then all the ways that he comes to us in our daily lives and, and dwells within us and in our midst. And now we are joined on the phone by, as Emily, as Emily had said before the break, one of the, our favorite priests in the diocese of Sioux Falls, Father Christopher Cowles. Father Cowles, how are you? I am doing well. Favorite priest, that's so nice of you. <laughs> well, one, one, one of them. I mean, you know, oh, let's, just calm down. Never mind. Calm down. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a favorite anymore. No, you, you're one of them. One of the, anyway. Okay. So, Father, introduce... It's like oh God. Boy. He loves all of his children exactly. fondly. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Father, would you mind, because, because, of course, we're broadcasting outside of the diocese, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? I'm very glad to. So my name is Father Christopher Collins, pastor of Our Lady of Guadalupe Parish here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, I, it's about 95% Hispanic parish, so... Uh, we just finished celebrating yeah. Our Lady of Guadalupe this last Saturday, which was a huge and awesome celebration. Um, and it is an incredible gift to be a priest during this time. Amen. Yeah, Emily and I were talking, Father, earlier in the show um, about our, our own excitement uh, at the consecration of our diocese, the Diocese of Sioux Falls, to St. Joseph and to Our Lady of Guadalupe on Saturday by Bishop de Grood. So I would imagine that your parishioners in a particular way were uh, also excited about that. They were very much so. Um, however, Bishop DeGroote's prayers were in English, so I had to work on that translation back to Spanish. All right. Um, but we did our best. We did our best. There we go. Amen. Amen. So we're, we're having you on here, Father, to, to sort of uh, uh, end the show on a particularly solemn note. Um, that was really bad. That was a uh, terrible joke. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I'm not even going to give you a pity laugh. That was so bad. Oh, dad jokes. <laughs> Solemnities, Father. Uh, that's the theme for our conversation with you this morning. Um, could you explain to us what is exactly, what is a solemnity? Well, so solemnities are largely like basically the highest days of celebration in the Church. So if you kind of go through the basic rhythm, um, we have just regular days, and then we move up through levels of memorials, optional mm-hmm. memorials, memorials, feasts, and then solemnities. Um, so just a regular day without any saint celebration is, is usually just a regular day in the church. But when we have a feast uh, or a memorial, that's typically for celebrating something special. But once you move to the level of a solemnity, it's usually a celebration of, um, of Jesus, Mary, or possibly even Joseph on those days, which are a huge celebration for the church. Is there a difference between a solemnity and a holy day of obligation, or are all solemnities holy days of obligation? That's a great question. Not all solemnities are holy days of obligation. Um, So, for instance, um, I guess the Immaculate Conception in our diocese and in our country is a solemnity, but it's also a holy day of obligation. Um, In some places it's not necessarily, I think, Chris, can you correct me on this? Is it always a holy day of obligation everywhere yeah, in the world? Yeah, it is. It doesn't okay. have to, because it's our paternal feast that not everywhere, they, they don't get the, they, they don't always have to go. We can get into that the way that we always have to go. But yeah, it is one of the eight, I think. 
Yeah. But you consider, for instance, um, in Mexico, the feast day of Our Lady Guadalupe was considered a solemnity, um, where it's not necessarily in other places. But for them, it's a holy day of obligation. It's a feast for their country, not for us. Um, I believe one other solemnity is um, the feast of St. Joseph the Worker. Yep. Or is that just a feast? Yeah, uh, it's a solemnity. Well, I think I think his the the March what is it March nineteenth Father, what fourteenth yeah. is is his solemnity that that is a solemnity but not a holy day of obligation I think exactly the same yeah. is I believe true also the Annunciation which is a solemnity as well there you go um, yep. and those two particular times are not holy days of obligation however the reason that so many of us remember them well is because we can take a break from our penances during the last period <laughs> yes sir. Because Solemnities are also a day that are so high on the church's calendar that they don't necessarily want us to continue to uh, live out penance or uh, a major penitential action during that time. So the church gives us permission on those days to even take a break from our, our penances of Lent. Now, for some mothers and fathers who hear this, you don't have to pass all that information to your kids about them giving up <laughs> their chocolate or their ice cream. But um, it's also an incredible day to just celebrate the joy and the beauty um, of that celebration. Father, um, a, f- a couple years ago, one of those two solemnities fell on a Friday during Lent, and I went to my parish's Knights of Columbus fish fry and said, where's my steak? And they looked at me like I had two heads. But, but <laughs> to your point just now, um, every, solemn- every Sunday is a solemnity. Um, so it is a day of rejoicing mm-hmm. and um, taking a break from repentances. Father, what else makes a solemnity, especially liturgically, distinct from um, feasts and memorials? Um, part of it within the actual liturgical celebration itself is for some feasts you have, for instance, the Gloria being sung, but for solemnities you'll always have the Gloria and the Creed being yeah. sung. So within our season right now, for instance, of Advent, on Sundays, which are solemnities, we don't sing the Gloria. Right. And I know for a lot of people it seems so weird, but when it comes to um, solemnities during this time season uh, that are special, so for the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe and for the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, we sang the Gloria. Yeah. Um, so within the, the actual celebration in the Mass, it has a different feel to it. And if you have one of those churches that is into smells and bells, this is a great time to have lots of smells. And I'm not talking about baby diapers. I'm talking about incense. And <laughs> lots of bells if possible. Father, for you, what's the beauty of having these... Uh, solemnities, these feast days, and these rhythms of the church that we follow every year. How do you see that as impacting your own uh, spirituality, your encounter with Christ and the saints, and how do you see it affect the faithful uh, and draw them closer to the Lord? Just as in our, our, our physical lives, throughout the course of our entire life, we go through seasons, uh, where we go through adolescence, and then I'm moving into adulthood, where we had childhood and being a toddler before. Each one of those seasons of our lives has particular significance. But even more so, each year we go through typically four seasons, especially in the upper Midwest. We do have a full winter and usually a very short spring and then summer and fall. Each of those has their own flavor and feel to them. Within the church itself, the seasons that we go through, each one of them has their own special feel. And sometimes the solemnity falls in a particular time where, oh my gosh, it just gives us that extra boost of energy that we need. 
or draws us closer to the Virgin Mary, or draws us closer to Christ, or a particular saint. Um, our lives oftentimes are dominated by the seasons in the world. Um, but as Catholics and Christians, um, alongside our worldly calendar should be our Christian calendar. Um, and to really make a deal, even in our own homes, not just the Church, but even in our own homes, to celebrate feasts and solemnity. Hmm. Father, I remember uh, several years ago, this is a completely different season, but um, kind of to, to that point, um, for Pentecost, uh, our family invited a number of our families to have a, a, a cookout a, uh, to grill um, at a park here in Sioux Falls just to celebrate um, what is traditionally considered the birth of the church. You know, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, um, the birth of Mary. What about the birth of the church? So kind of to your point of, of trying to draw the liturgical calendar into the rest of our lives, that's something that, that we did ourselves. Um, Father, to, to, Emily, to Emily's question, for you personally, um, how, do, how has Father Chris Cowles sort of drawn the solemnities into his life in a deeper way? Because I think pe- some people, let me explain why I'm following up with Emily's question that way. I think some people would think, well, a priest, obviously he's going to, I mean, he says the mass and so on. Uh, but it's easy for you just as much as for any of us to compartmentalize the faith. Um, how do you bring the solemnities, especially these ones during Advent and Christmas um, into your life? So some of them is just in the preparation. Um, for a lot of people, especially in the Hispanic churches, we have novenas leading up to the, the feast or the celebration itself. So at Our Lady of Guadalupe, we do nine days of prayers leading up to the Feast of Our Lady. And every day is a meditation on the reality and the gift of her appearance. The same is actually true in preparation for Christmas. We do nine days of posadas, or prayers and kind of reactions of um, Jesus and Mary, or Joseph and Mary making their way to Bethlehem. And each of these times are really really entering in. So for myself, uh, before I moved to a Hispanic parish, I was like, Advent was a beautiful season. Um, now for me, Advent is an action-packed season um, <laughs> in which I am constantly thinking about these mysteries and praying with them as best as possible and doing my best to try and lead people into entering into the mystery itself. Um, so instead of it just being on the feast day itself, I go ahead and have a big cheeseburger to celebrate. I try to do um, spend more time in prayer, really entering mm-hmm. in, and really try to interiorize the mystery as much as possible. I think that's so beautiful. And, and, you know, initially, as you said, it's become an action-packed season. Um, My initial thought was, oh, no, shoot, you know, Advent is supposed to be this quiet, penitential season. But as you were describing it a bit more, um, it's actually just action oriented or or intentional in the way that you're describing it of course with some of the events and you leading them at the parish it's going to be a bit busier but um as you as you said you're kind of you're constantly meditating upon these mysteries and upon these realities um i think that's actually a really beautiful thing sometimes if we uh lean too much in to stop everything we we lose some of the intentionality that can come with that so i think that's really beautiful uh father we have just about uh 1 minute uh before we need to take a break here um can you describe a little bit more of the posadas and how that is uh beautiful for the for the hispanic culture that you serve be very glad to um posadas are a daily celebration for nine days leading up to Christmas, in which we reenact 
Joseph and Mary making their way to Nazareth. So we do some novena prayers in the church, and we'll do a rosary, but then afterwards we'll actually do a procession um, to our gym, which in other places would be to someone's home. And then we ask for entrance, just as Joseph and Mary would ask for entrance into the inn. And then afterwards, um, everyone welcomes um, the, the Holy Family and everyone in the parish into their home or into our gymnasium here um, to celebrate the birth of Christ hmm. and to really enter into the season. Um, and then there's also some festivities and music and obviously piñatas for our Latin culture. <laughs> of course. Oh, I just think it's such a beautiful tradition. Well, we need to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about solemnities and some final reflections as we enter more deeply into this beautiful season of Advent. I'm Emily Leadham. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, I remember even during that time, and and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth, and I would go, there's no way this person is not close, closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for, uh, for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends. You, know? you wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I, 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 I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the Scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament. They had communion every Sunday. And so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the scriptures. And so I'm really thankful to them for that. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with an end-of-year gift planning tip. With the end of the year approaching, a charitable gift can help you support our mission and receive tax benefits. In addition to gifts of cash, here is a gift strategy worth considering. Gifts of appreciated assets such as securities or real estate are an excellent way for you to help our cause. Securities may be transferred directly to us, while real estate is transferred through a deed. These gifts will not affect your cash flow, and they provide the following tax benefits. A charitable deduction to help you save on taxes, a bypass of federal and state capital gains taxes, and an avoidance of tax on net investment income. To learn more about these strategies and the benefits of making an end-of-year gift, please call or visit our website today at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Emily Leadham. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. We have been sitting uh, on the phone. (laughs) I was going to say sitting down with, but I wish. 
That would be so much better. Uh, but we've been having a beautiful conversation this morning with Father Christopher Cowles, a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, about solemnities and holy days. Uh, and Father, over the break, we, we were just chatting a little bit about the reality of holidays in the United States and where they come from. And I'd love for you to just emphasize uh, that the beautiful uh, point that you were making regarding holidays in the United States. So all of us is used to hearing the word holiday, um, or even right now with happy holidays. But oftentimes we forget where the word comes from, which is actually holy days, holy days, which were often solemnities or feast days that we celebrate. Um, So currently in the United States, we still have some of those being celebrated, like Easter and Christmas, um, and to a certain extent, St. Patrick's Day um, here in the U.S. But in a lot of other countries, Life comes to a stop on those days. On those solemnities or those holy days, they will do processions to the street. They'll take time to pray. People will be very intentional about stopping work and to be really, truly present to the celebration of that feast as an entire family and actually as a whole culture. Hmm. I, do you think that in the United States we have a difficulty stopping because we're so uh german (laughs) you know we're so um uh, productive in some ways that we struggle to rest that we don't know how to rest well that we don't know how to really take a break well (laughs) yes a very simple answer to that is yes but the more prolongated answer would be that more and more as time's gone on i think there's this deep drive to, to win the American dream, to show that we're good laborers and good citizens, and part of that is to work. However, mm-hmm. uh, we also need how, just as we need to work well, we need to play well. And part of solemnities is actually play. That's the interesting part, is solemnities is while we celebrate a feast and we spend more time at prayer, it's also just spending time playing before the Lord. Just take the time to imagine baby Jesus in on Nazareth, playing before his parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get the kind of idea of us, what we're called to do on these days. Um, But also, right now, in our culture more than ever, we're just trying to look for more days to get more money or more days to earn more more income. And that has its downsides as well, even though the Mm -hmm. convenience is there. I think, Father, one way you see that is people uh, will work for really hard for many decades to be able to retire, and then in their retirement, they have no idea what to do. They're bored out of their minds because all they've known is that hectic pace of work, 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 work. Exactly. As opposed to to living a life with that that integrated leisure, leisure, then... We, we know what to do when we have opportunities to liege. <laughs> to liege. Interesting. I've never heard it worded that way. To liege. You, you heard it. You heard it. To You've heard it here first, folks. <laughs> oh, funny. Fa- Father, uh, this has been a fascinating conversation. And any other points that you want to offer us and our, and our listeners about solemnities before we let you back to the parish? I think it's. Um, one of the biggest points for each one of us is to be intentional about making it a celebration, not just in our churches, but in our domestic churches, our homes. Um, just talking with a good friend last night about the domestic church at home, um, it's so important 
that each and every day we take the time to celebrate church within our actual home. And if it's a solemnity, celebrate as a solemnity as a family, as a family. And even discovering and finding our own traditions of how we're going to do so um, can be a beautiful discovery. And to build those new traditions um, can bring so much joy to our kids um, as well as to each one of us. Amen. Beautiful. Father, thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning. We're so we're always so grateful to to have you on and to uh gain from your wisdom. Thank you very much and have a blessed advent. Thanks, Thank Father. You, God bless. you too. I loved his emphasis on play. Yeah. Yeah. That the solemnities are really intentionally an opportunity for us to play. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot about rest or we talk a lot about sabbathing well. Um, but, but also just the gift that play can offer doing something fun, whether that's cooking a fancier fun meal or whether that's, you know, going ice skating as a family or going for a hike. I know a lot of families Sundays yeah. will just go for walks yeah. and hikes. And, yeah. 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 Playing a game, family right. game night. Yep. I think sometimes we think that it only, uh, can be celebrated with holy things like a Catholic craft right. or something, right. right? And yet the human experience is really founded in these um, in these beautiful ordinary things like going for a hike. So, uh, uh, ooh, this, well, we'll make this real quick. Um, I found, Emily, that, that a lot of those traditions, it's important to introduce them and cement them early on. Yeah. Um, so like our older kids are teens now and it's hard to introduce new family new traditions. traditions at this point, but when our kids were young, so kind of where your family's at right now, that's, that's a really, to me, important time to get things like that in place because it's a lot easier when that's what they've always known than trying to introduce it later. Yeah. Like, Wait, what are we doing and yeah. why are we doing it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great idea. Uh, Chris, I also wanted to let our listeners know this morning as we, uh, right before we preview our next show, that this will be my last Real Presence Live, Whoa, at least for the time being, uh, with the adjustment to my new role as the Executive Director of Catholic Family Services, uh, which has been an absolute gift, but just wanting to kind of create some space and some time uh, to give that the energy and the effort that it needs, and then along with a little baby, Liedem, coming along mm-hmm. in uh, May. Yeah, I just really discerned, okay, I need to say no to some things so that I can say yes to other things. I can't believe that I was so, one of the things you said no to. I That's know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I let's will be honest, still stop by, but I will be back. The, and, and the plan was, November was going to be the last one, but I was out because of close contact COVID quarantine. Yeah. So I said, Emily, Emily. We, yeah, you had a little tantrum. We, ha- <laughs> we have to have one more, one more show together. <laughs> one more uh, show. <laughs> so that we can uh, close out uh, 2020 with at least a little bit of a bang. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's head over to our uh, beautiful program director or technical director to preview the next show. Therese, can you tell us what's coming up next on Real Presence? Yes. Thank you, Emily. So on the next Real Presence Live, that's Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, host Tim Mosier will be coming to you live from the Fargo studio. Father Joseph Christensen will discuss what we can learn from St. Joseph. Then Ed Konetska will share how you can stand up for life in your area. All that and much more will be coming up on the next Real Presence Live, and that's on Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Thanks, Thanks so Therese. much, Therese. So, uh, favorite part? Oh, 
we should also say realpresenceradio.com is where you can find any of the conversations that we've had this morning. Absolutely. If you had to skip out for some reason, uh, you can always go back and, and listen. Um, in light of that, Emily, any particular gems for Emily Leadham this morning? Things that really struck you, resonated with you, that you might try as we've got a little over a week left of Advent very Advent-themed show today. Yeah, it was. You know, all of our guests were um, such a gift this morning. But I will say it was really beautiful for me to chat about graces of Advent and to hear uh, the things that the Lord was putting on your heart to a deeper invitation invitation to relationship with Our Lady, particularly Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, yeah, I, just, I, I found that really resonating and... Uh, a beautiful opportunity to just share kind of the things that the Lord is doing in our hearts, which is really the ordinary. I mean, just two real people having an honest conversation exactly. about what the Lord's doing is always uh, my favorite kind of conversation. So I can't, I can't believe it took um, our last show for the time being together for us to get half an hour to to ban. I don't know why they didn't give us more time sooner. To be honest, I know we it's just. <laughs> We love talking to each other. They just they needed to build up some trust first that we weren't going to go off the rails. Wise, wise decision on their that's, part, that's actually. A, a, yeah, that was a smart choice. Yeah, I, the, the band, the, our our conversation to, um, about the grace of Advent was also, I think, the thing that struck me. I really liked the um, the discussion that you raised about uh, the 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 image that we have of the Lord's dwelling within us yeah. um, and little college, little cottage versus grand mansion. But then our conversation about how that requires some demo, knocking yes. down some walls yes. and will we allow the, will we give him the sledgehammer as you yeah. put it. So friends, I invite us all to hand the Lord this <laughs> Advent season, the sledgehammer that he can go into the stable of our hearts and continue to do the work that he desires to do to build himself a palace in which he desires to live within us. Amen. Amen. Friends, thanks so much for listening to Real Presence Live this morning. It was an absolute gift to be with you. I'm Emily Leadham. And I am Dr. Spurgwald. And we will see you next time on Real Presence Live. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.